Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it, you've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? Our sport has a bright future ahead. Every day around the world, new federations spring up. Will be the Fédération Internationale de Football Association. FIFA. FIFA! <laughs> Your so-called federation doesn't even exist yet. FIFA is poor, Mr. Rimet. You need the money. We need a world championship. The first World Cup will be held in Uruguay. Well, my girl, what do you think of that? Mr. Avalanche is elected FIFA president. Our accounts are disastrous. Later, he's apparently good at finding money. I want you to make our ball the star of the next World Cup. If that ball becomes a star, FIFA and Adidas will sign the biggest deal the world's ever seen. An institution like ours cannot run on good intentions alone. You have everything you need to run our family. But you know, the slightest error, and you're out. I don't know where the money's gone. I mean, I have my suspicions. You've been betrayed. You could go to prison. The whole machine's going to blow up. And me with it. Everything I've done up until this point has been for the good of football. Gentlemen, remember, you're making history. Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, once again brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. This week, we have a really different movie for you all. You know, we usually go with something that's along the lines of obvious shit, something like, you know, the MST3K alums, obviously. We have stuff that's usually very low budget, something that, you know, a bad children's film, but this is kind of an anomaly we watched a movie called united passions back from 2014 this time mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot definitely that can be said about this movie none of it's good yeah i mean actually some of it's some good. Of good some of it is yeah. good yes i'm sorry some of it is good i mean it, it, looking past the background of the whole thing the content and you know the irony that developed after it was released the first time i watched this and i wasn't paying a whole lot of attention granted because again the first time i watched it, i'm just kind of back and forth with it just to kind of get the general gist of it before i actually start taking notes i was thinking okay this isn't great but why is it on the list oh, oh then i watched it the second time and i was like <laughs> oh yeah so you gotta let me say it this time did you i'm just kidding um, <laughs> no jack no, no no you hadn't seen it before because uh that's uh i had never even heard of this that movie. is statistically impossible based on the box <laughs> office <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god zip do you have the imdb description for this one 
I do, but I'm a little sad because I'm pretty sure the production company actually posted this description um, because no one could have written this seriously. FIFA is wonderful. Basically. Yeah, I really wish our friend Leo Schwab had written this. FIFA is watching you. A group of passionate European mavericks join forces on an ambitious project. The Federation Internationale of a Football Association. An epic untold story that brings to life the inspiring saga. I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Of yeah. the World <laughs> Cup and the three determined men who created it. Not true. Driven by their vision and passion, Jules Ramey, Havilland, and Sepp Blatter overcame their doubts and fought obstacles. <laughs> no, they didn't. And scandals. No, they didn't. To make the World Cup a reality. Spanning the tumultuous 20th century, this timeless saga celebrates the... I can't read it anymore. Yeah. You get the idea. Yeah, Guys, seriously, this is just a propaganda guys, film for FIFA. Yes, that's, that's all, all it is. is. That's and all the, it is. The most interesting words in that were the un, this untold story. The untold story. Bullshit. Which, untold by history, that's for sure. Because so, there's some definitely definitely some liberties taken. Yeah, that's that's all this is, and it says it's based on true events. But you guys, it is it is propaganda for FIFA. That's all it is. This entire movie. Because yeah, well, we, we should just go ahead and dress the elf in the room because mm-hmm. this came out weeks before scandals, before the actual allegations of scandal and uh, improprieties and corruption started coming forth and then turned out to be so true. Centered yeah. specifically around one of our main characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is painted otherwise as a just and kind soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We'll get to that. So we open on this disclaimer, followed by an admittedly beautiful shot of this boy standing at the edge of the sea holding a soccer ball. And he heads out to a soccer game to join his friends and the entirety of the movie is intercut with these scenes and these shots of all these kids playing together in this, like, dirty little sand lot. And, uh, you know, focus on a couple of kids every now and then. But this is basically trying to invoke the true spirit of the game, what this all means, how anyone can be a soccer player and make it big if they dream big. But then the movie is like, you know what, no, this is actually about the people behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. basically all these shots are kind of useless, huh? No. For a movie about FIFA, there's no real focus put anywhere on the sport itself. Well, I know. I know. They're, they're, they're basically grandizing themselves into being the justification for why they did what they did. And they're the ones who brought the love of soccer to all of the many peoples all around the world. And oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So we, we cut away from this uh, GIF commercial to this flashback of this man writing in this room. We have voiceover dialogue about this organized association, how this sport needs it, how it needs an overlying type of uh, structure to it, an overlying association to make the game something for everybody. To unify. And to standardize it. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. This takes place in 1902, being told to us by this guy named Carl something. Fisher Stevens, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, quick disclaimer, I can't pronounce half of the names in this movie. Oh, no. Okay. I'm not going to try. If no. I do, forgive me but for But his name is Carl. 
Fisher Stevens plays a guy named Carl. Yeah. And he's German. So <clears throat> we then cut to, uh, you know, around this time period. And by the way, get used to dates being scrolled by folks because, woo. Now we meet Robert, Garen, Carl, and this third fellow who I don't know his name. They're at this uh, football game and they're approaching this guy named Mr. Wall to propose a union. Wall is English. The English are dicks. Get used to us saying this, folks. The English are dicks. Right. Did you know the English are dicks? They're dicks. <laughs> In this movie, they are. Yeah. yeah. And they they already have an association uh, for football. Specifically for them. Yes. And they have yes, included because... some people. But not everyone. Does. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, it is it is said repeatedly that the English invented football. So this is a thing. Y'all, and it's acknowledged. I yeah, mean, they, they absolutely. Make... But it's it, they make it sound like this this group of Carl and his buddies are going to be more inclusive and uh, make it global. Yes. So that's that's the impetus behind FIFA. And so the English reject them. They say, you know, we are fine on our own. We don't want you taking this sport away from us. Blah blah blah. So we then cut to the scene around this table in this like you know tiny little shack. You have all these different, I guess, world representatives, these different countries who are all there mm -hmm. to discuss and how they all want the same thing to unify under one banner to, you know, make this sport available to all. It's here that they decide we are going to call ourselves FIFA. And they unite, and they say, here we go. Here's where it all started. This takes place in 1904. And then they do that, What I don't know what the shot is called, where mm -hmm. they focus in that spotlight sort of thing, that shot. Uh -huh. they, to use the, what? Oh, as they're walking away. At the end of that section was just Carl and, and What's-His-Face walking down the... The street, and they and do. You have that. It, it's it's almost a like Star a Wars thing. wipe where it, it oh, just right. It's, they used it, it in Babel. It's an old an, an old school movie technique. Yeah, and they, they used it in Babe a lot, and it reminded me of Babe because once that scene was ending, I thought, oh, are mice gonna start singing now? <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. <laughs> we, cut to, we cut to Paris, nineteen twenty-four, and. Unfortunately, FIFA is still an unknown entity after all this time. After 20 years. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we, we learned we're at this press conference where, you know, Uruguay has won the Olympics for football. Football, yeah. While they're all talking back, this guy in the background named Jules Rimet, he's heckling the victory. He's being a dickhole. And he's, like, saying, you know, like, you know, the English wasn't there. Argentina wasn't there. He's basically trying to draw attention, negative attention, to the shortcomings of the world of football as it stands. Played by Gerard Depardieu, everybody. No, yeah. Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> Who my husband thought was wearing a fake nose. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all That's him, all baby. Him. Yeah. Years of hard drinking. This is, we find out that this is currently the acting president of FIFA at this time. Correct. And he takes play, he probably has the most screen time than anybody else in this movie, as far as one of the uh, presidents this one goes. I would, yeah, I well, would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's and then Sam Neill and Tim Roth take over, yeah. so, yeah. But much later. Much later, this yeah. about an hour 40 that's cutting out the credits, and yes. with him, he, like, he, he splits at like the 47-minute mark, so. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. It's true. <laughs> so this is one of our main characters in this movie, but he doesn't have a very interesting introduction. It's just this weird tracking shot over to him, and he's just in the background, being a dickhole, and mm -hmm. then he's splitting. And he's like, "Hey, 
Wasn't that a great idea? He's with, uh, you know, Carl from earlier. Yeah, and this, by the way, he's also just walked up to the podium and just started talking to people. There's no security at this whatsoever. There's no one ushering no, him out. No, none at all. He just says whatever he wants and people let it happen. He's like one of the, uh, the courtroom members from Lincoln. But, um, <laughs> so this was all a publicity stunt to draw attention to the shortcomings and maybe get FIFA some attention because, again, he is the president of this unknown entity called FIFA. Right. It could get published. Well, that doesn't work. But what it does do is it gets the attention of the ambassador of Argentina who is at this press conference who says, hey, I actually like the idea of a world championship proposition. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Because we get this moment like where he's where uh, Rame is getting into his car and someone says, he's mad. And the other guy says, no, oh, he's, he's a, visionary. a visionary. Yeah. This movie brought to you by FIFA. <laughs> So, yeah, so they learn the next day, look, they're looking through the paper, and his publicity stunt had no effect. It's not being published anywhere. We get this weird panning shot where he indicates this photo of the original founding members of FIFA, but it looks like it's inserted over a photo. It's been digitally inserted over, so it looks really weird. Also, we should talk, can we talk about really quickly about the cinematography of this movie, just in general? Because I thought it was beautiful. It was pretty, but... I hated the flashback stuff, like this early time oh, period yeah. stuff. It looked way too clean. It looked too polished. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the production value on this movie is the finest we've had. Oh, oh sure. above, yeah. Yeah, Next above and beyond. Movie. Oh, God. You just yeah. ruined it. <laughs> 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 so, But seriously, this the cinematography, I mean, the... I gave Zip whooping yeah, you did. <laughs> But the but the costuming, I mean, everything was pretty much on point. But you're right; it was a little too slick. It just didn't contrast because we jump ahead decades later in the movie, and right. then it's like, whoa, whoa. We're, I mean, it just it doesn't feel like there's any kind of progression in time except no. for just what we see in the production itself. But the costumes are amazing. It's also the scene that we meet his daughter Annette. She was my homeboat in barn. Why? I'll tell you something. Look, first of all, she was one of the finest actors in this movie. I loved her. Okay, and, but here's the thing. Let's go back to the original hobo in a barn. Okay, the original hobo said everything that was true, okay, and was honest. Okay, yes, most of my hobos have been super fucking funny. But this one, she she was the moral center. She kept Ramey on her, she kept her dad on his path. She was always the support. I don't know why she had a British accent. The The actor playing her is French. So was her dad. So it was never explained why her accent was British and not French. But she's my hobo because, well, for lack of any other hobo, but she was the truth. She was barely in this movie at all. There are hardly any women in this movie to begin with, which really pissed me off. But I understand it's FIFA, it's men, it's soccer. I get it. There were two other women later who were every, all the women were great, but this one, I'm going to go down in flames if, if you want me to, but Annette is my hobo because I just thought she was true and she was honest and she, she was what this movie should have been. I just, my issues with her, I don't, I don't understand what she was actually there for in terms of the narrative, like what her purpose was. She was was. there to make sure her dad didn't give up on his dream. What was her reason for accompanying him at every single turn in his journey in this story? Because I I, I even looked up the character. I could not find a single thing about Annette, Annette Remy anywhere, not Wikipedia. I mean, Wikipedia. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, because we see her much later. We don't know if she's ever married. 
we, I mean, she is. She's by her dad's side the whole time. But why? Because he needed uh, his own Jiminy Cricket. I just, I, my, I just, I wasn't crazy about it because she just seemed like a tool for exposition to me. That's why I, I mean, again, I, I get what you're saying. I do, but for her, I just, I just kept asking, why is she there at every press conference at every major meeting with the heads of FIFA? She's sitting at the table. Like you said, like like it or not, you know, this was a very male-centric world where I don't – her thoughts and opinions would have been accepted by the – I mean, again, because she has a conversation with one guy who's completely a douche. Oh, my God. completely negative about women having a, a place in that world. And Negroes. Yeah. Yeah, like he was like, they'll never understand the subtleties or nuances of the game. Fuck you. Yeah. But see, that's that, – that's – one of the biggest issues I had with this movie was the the script in that there's no real in-depth analysis of the the barriers that they had to overcome or anything like that which, which is uh, which is purportedly the story they're trying to tell right and that it's just blatant racism yeah spouted by one character and another character saying, I'll show you, and then five minutes later, they get shown. Right. The end. That's all it is. They're yeah. cramming over basically a hundred years into one movie. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be like, they're, they're not going to have time because it's, a, it's too ambitious. I mean, this this could have maybe worked as a mini series if they're really going to try yes. this, but... My God! Yeah, and not to dwell. I just uh, yeah. You know but, what? Mate, yeah. You're, you're a hobo. Yes, <laughs> she's my hobo. God damn it! But see, that's the thing is is that she's not the only character that serves as a tool for exposition in this whole movie, Jack. No, no, they all are. They all are. Every single fucking character in this whole movie. That's their only purpose. Their only purpose is to serve FIFA right. and to show see how great we are, see what we've done for this country. It's like, oh, really? Oh, why would this movie come out the year before FIFA almost collapsed? Right. So her purpose in this original scene when we first meet her is to bring her dad a letter. It's from the ambassador, and he they sit, they meet down. He says, hey, our country is going to pay out of pocket to finance a world tor- tournament to bring this all together. We're going to build a new stadium. It's going to be great. We're all going to have a great time. So they agree to it. So we, have, we cut to 1928 where the planning has starting it's progressing we uh we're talking about having amateurs and professionals welcome at this event so again it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of following that inclusiveness that we're talking about here we have this bigot dialogue with a really bad diss with that english officer we were talking about next up is 1930 the stadium is continuing to be built we have this weird scientist guy, this weird architect. He's designer. an artist. It's Lafleur, and he's making the cup. He, he's the one surprised. who designed the actual yeah, trophy. Well, no, he, you know why? Because I need he he had so very little to do. Yeah, no, I thought of him too because he was almost in a completely different movie. He was mm-hmm. like the Christopher Lloyd. He was the Doctor Brown. So yeah, no, he was nearly my hobo. He was nearly my hobo, but he didn't really say anything of significance except I need more money. Yeah. yeah, that's all he said. But that's what they're the, so he's sculpting the trophy itself, the world, the cup itself, which I thought would be bigger. 
quite frankly. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's that's not. that's, it's, that's, that's the cup. cup. Like. That's what yeah. the cup looks like. So, yeah, he what, sculpted the cup. What's this whole dialogue about? Like, is it they're, they're just trying to, get, to talk about paying him to work harder? The artist's argument of, you know, goodwill ain't going to get, ain't going to put food on, my ta- food on my table. Yeah. You know, you don't just ha- invite an artist to do something for you pro bono. You got to pay him. So, why did he even bother showing up? He's just there and he has all these plans laid out and he already has the, the cup crafted. So mm-hmm. why did he even show up if he was going to be haggling with them? 1930, the stadium is finally completed. We have this really stupid shot of uh, Ramey's character and the ambassador. They're on the field, and we have this weird snow effect, even though it's springtime or something. Yeah, what was that? Or sawdust? Was it snow? I Honestly, I wrote it down. I'm like, was it snowing? No, it started it snowing. Was, was it, or was it confetti? Because no, you're a guy, we're who I want. Okay. Yeah, and it, we have this like pullback sweeping shot where it backs away, but it's like I, I I know what you're trying to do, movie, but why did you put that in there? <laughs> it made no sense. Yeah, we have this awful newspaper animation montage because you get. I mean, even for 2014, this was bad. Well, but they they intercut footage from actual games yeah. in this movie. So on newspaper covers. So right. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah. So yes. they do some of that, but there is also actual footage because we get Pele later and which I don't know why he wasn't in the film and used more because everybody knew who Pele was, even if you didn't like soccer. But yeah, so we get a lot of this live not live footage, but old footage of actual games and actual players and all this kind of well, stuff. I mean Pele came later. He right. Right. But I'm just, you know, to me, it's like, well, why didn't you play up that guy? Why wasn't he actually in the, like, why didn't we have somebody play him? Because we got to talk about the suits. Right. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we learned that the first World Cup. Because is that movie's Uruguay. already been made. Right. I guess. <laughs> we got to 1931, which uh, was kind of a significant time period in our history. Was... Um, by the way, Uruguay wins. Yes. Okay. And this mm-hmm. is important. We learned that in the montage. Yeah. This is important because I don't I don't know if this is a thing, but it seemed in the movie mm-hmm. that every time a country hosted the cup, they won. They won. Well, that's happened several times because it gave them enough time to rig the field with explosives. Before the, the <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it, Bane style. It was yeah. interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, Bane style. Yeah, dude, the Gotham Knights killed it that year. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but it was interesting to me to note that. And it, and if that was a thing too, I didn't know. Uh, we had this political dinner with the board of FIFA and this weird Italian guy who we have all this banter back and forth about the impending war coming up that everyone knows is going to be on its way because Mussolini is a rising power. Right. And so we have this entire awkward exchange of dialogue between Ramey and this weird Italian guy at the table basically taking pot shots at him, trying to make low blows, basically saying, you know, Mussolini's a dick, and you're Italian, so you're a dick too. But this doesn't really go anywhere. Like, yeah, the war develops, but this guy never comes back with anything. There's no real point to this. Again, this is just wasted screen time. Well, well it's the- not, though, because they're fighting, and FIFA is supposed to be about – um, a unification and connection and the sport of football. And so they're fighting and Annette chimes in. She yells at him like, shut the fuck up. You are not upholding the values of what you're saying. Yeah, the German yeah you're arguing about a war that hasn't even started yet. Right. And this is not what FIFA is about. Yeah. So, and that's, again, uh, Annette is the moral center here, and she is always the one who makes them come back to what their goals as FIFA 
sh- are and need to continue to be. So we cut to 1942. It's World War II, and we talk uh, briefly in this one scene about this uh, how football is still in the struggle as far as FIFA's representation goes. But Germany is so involved in the sport that they're having death matches because they have this you, these Ukrainian prisoners that are being kept there, and they have a match against their from their guards against those prisoners. So longest yard basically, and the the prisoners if they beat them they're threatened with uh, deportations death etc and they make a point to say that these ukrainian prisoners kick germany's asses at the game yeah they were up five to three and then one guy drove the ball all the way down to the goal and then stopped stared directly at the goalkeeper and then turned around and kicked the ball the other way instead of taking the shot to go up six to three. And all this basically leads up to us learning that there were no World Cups held in 1942 and 1946 in the light of the war. So we flash forward again to 1950. Again, I can't stress enough, this is a movie covering 100 years, so this happens all the time. So England has apparently stopped being dicks now because they're all about the spirit of the sport and they're encouraging and they're being nice to Ramey. We have the last World Cup now of Ramey's presidency. We have Brazil versus Uruguay. In 1950. Yeah. And now, why is the movie treating Uruguay like a problem now? Because Brazil is winning and then every time Uruguay scores a point, it starts playing this dramatic downer music. Well, because they're in Brazil. They're in Rio. This was one of the very few scenes that I got excited about because this movie was kind of a snore fest for me. No. I, I'm just, holy crap, you guys. No way. But this, yeah, it, this but, whole sequence encapsulated the true spirit of what this game can do yeah. and how it can bring people together. Exactly. Because you, we're, we're not so much focused on the game as we are the reactions of all the people around town. Exactly. Who so are not in the stadium. They're people, all listening on radios yeah, and watching and, on television. And, see, and sitting in cafes and listening. And so yeah. that first goal that the Brazilians got and, and we everybody see loses people lose their, their shit. shit, that was exciting to me. Yeah. The presence. We care about the people. That's exactly the right. Exactly. And that's what this movie should have been about. Because if I even cared about soccer a little, this movie made me care nothing about soccer. Okay, I have friends who fucking love soccer. Mm-hmm. My brother played soccer. I used to watch soccer. I am soccer. So, <laughs> <laughs> but th- this was the only time in the movie where I was like, oh, Okay, you got it. You got it right because now you understand this. Now we can see what soccer is all about, and this is what you did. So that's why Uruguay became the enemy because they were in Rio and people wanted Brazil to win. So, and and this was one of the few times that the city hosting the cup didn't win. win. So to see the disappointment and the anguish, because we got to see what, and, and a lot of sports fans are like this too, not just soccer. But that was the first time I was like, oh, okay. Uh, now I get it. You you got mm-hmm. th- this is the tone this movie should have taken. Right. The focus on the sport itself. Right. Yeah. Yes. So Ramey gets up reluctantly to deliver the trophy to the winning team, and we have this weird moment where he's in the tunnel and like you. Think I thought he was about to drop dead. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I thought I, this was his death scene. I didn't know why he was that so he nervous. He was in the hallway and he looked and all he saw was a bright light and I'm like, right, oh, I thought he's gonna, gonna die. Light, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't understand why he was so nervous. 
why are we doing this slow shot of him presenting the cup? And then he shows up on the field and he just seems drunk. Right? And he just kind of hands it to the guy. It was so strange. Yeah, it was really strange. But while he is going through the tunnel, unbeknownst to him, Uruguay scores the winning goal. So they were still tied when he left the stands to go present the trophy. And by the time he finally makes it onto the field, Uruguay has won the game. Yeah. Or the it match. was a weird shot. But it was really weird the way, yeah. yeah. I guess it's foreshadowing his death, but just cut to that. I get, Let it but be just, like yeah. a, a triumphant moment for at least him. Yeah. It, this is the pinnacle of his life, more or less. All right. And then that be it. But no, he just kind of casually just hands the cup off to the captain of the Uruguay team. And then that's it, because our next scene is the funeral of him. 1956. Yeah, and his daughter is giving the the eulogy, and then it just kind of zooms in in his coffin, and then that's it. That's it for our first act of the of the movie. Yeah. Yep. So we flash forward now to 1964, where we meet Sam Neill playing a Brazilian. Why the fuck they cast him? I mean, I love me some Sam Neill, but his accent. Was the worst. It wasn't great. It oh, was, my God. Yeah. He's yeah. playing uh, Avalanche, and yeah. he is uh, currently on the Olympic Committee when we meet him, because he's on a plane, right. and England is still being a dick, because yes. they're on the plane, the acting president is English. Like, what is he saying to him? It's like... Oh, so we, hear, we hear a word that you're thinking of leaving the IOC to come join us at FIFA. Yes. As like, you know, you should wait a few years. You know, it's quite ready for our standards, old chap. He says our world just isn't ready for those who were born less fortunate. That's what he says to Sam Neill. Yeah, because he already knows Sam Neill's character is very much wants to bring the nations of Africa into the fold. Ding. Again, here's our blatant racism. Exactly. So, and this is supposed to paint FIFA as this wonderful unifier and inclusive of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's great. The British are dicks. Now, we get a lot of establishing shots of the time period because we see a lot of people gathered outside of windows in front of stores with uh, that are playing the TV footage. This is London, 1966. Yeah, yeah. And you hear the music right. playing, and uh, you know you hear like a lot of great 60s music. But that begs the question, how come this is the first time we've actually had period-appropriate music and shots for that time period? Because, again, everything before this was like, bullshit that was probably rejected by the composer from Gili uh, for all this mu- music from like the early 1900s up until the passing of Manet or sorry Rem- Remet so it begs the question how come we couldn't get any kind of period of Herbert music then because it's the swinging 60s baby that's yeah right. that's right so England wins the World Cup cut forward to 1970 where we are introducing a fun little bit of stock footage now, because that's what we kind of have going on. I get it. It just, again, in keeping with previous stuff, it would have been nice to kind of see some dramatic recreations of some of the stuff, but... Right. Like, we're in Mexico City, and this is the first time we hear about Pele. So, again, why didn't we get somebody playing Pele? That movie's already been made. (laughs) Yeah. They... They shot it in 1970. Because that's the thing. It's not about this. That's I know. the fucking I know. thing it's with this movie. It's not about the sport. It's, it's about not FIFA. about the sport. It's about the jackasses who are trying to make themselves feel good about themselves. Yep. And it appears that Havilland is now a part of FIFA. He's not a president, but he's making promises. He's doing a lot of lobbying. That's what he's doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's making promises uh, to uh, the African ambassadors for chances for them to be a part uh, and you know to host games. 
etc., etc. So we cut then forward to 1974, where they're voting for the FIFA president, and then Havilland wins because, again, his lobbying has proven successful. He's, it's born fruit. So he takes it. England is still a dick because mm-hmm. of Africa. Mm-hmm. Then we meet our third main player in this movie, played by Tim Roth, who plays Sepp Blatter. Who is he? Is he the acting FIFA president? I don't know. I don't keep track. He was he at was. the time this movie at the was time, made. And then very shortly thereafter, he he is gone. No. No. no, no. And banned from all FIFA-related activities for eight years. Yeah. And so this I'll is Switzerland, 1975. Yep. So he, he meets him, and uh, Havilland's goal now is to find new sponsors for FIFA because they're apparently not making much money. They're not apparently struggling. We are told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Blatter's job now is to find sponsors. So Blatter is in this bar, I guess, and he finds a potential sponsor through Coca-Cola mm-hmm. in a random bar. Yep. Great timing. Mm-hmm. Now, is he making backdoor deals with Adidas as well? Because he has that one conversation with that German actor who I've seen in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's backdoor. I think it's real. I mean, I, it, the it, they nowhere. made it. Sound it's just like, how he makes it, right. Yeah, because the Adidas dude is like, "Here's our ball in the trunk of his car." Yep. So right. it does seem nefarious. Um, it seems illegal. Yeah, he but sell like a bootleg copy of Borat at one point. I'm right. like, What's going on with this? <laughs> but I think that's how FIFA was able. to to continue is they had major sponsorships. They had to start corporate they had sponsorships. To. Yeah. So yeah, so all the all the kids in Africa then are outfitted in Adidas sportswear mm-hmm. and all the official soccer balls are Tongos. Yeah. Now meanwhile in nineteen seventy six great year. <laughs> uh, Avalanche is still holding out in Africa because they're approaching him, they're wanting developmental programs but apartheid is causing some trouble, which mm-hmm. is Havilland's reason for saying it's still taking some time. Okay? 1978. There's a discussion between Blatter and Havilland. There's, I, I have, I'm sorry, guys. I have no idea what the fuck this scene is about. Because just them talking in Havilland's pad about something. It's it, Havilland is dangling the carrot of making Blatter president, but he's got to wait. And he's being a fucking dick about it. He's like, you gotta earn it, bitch. Yeah. Um, like, sue my dog of war, but we have to do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that's basically what they they're doing. So he's Havilland is like, you're gonna be my heir, but you gotta wait. It's in 1981 where Bladder officially makes him his second in command, with this mafia esque kiss that he does because he's like, now you're second to FIFA, and he does like the kiss in the one cheek, mm-hmm. kiss in the second cheek. Tongues his mouth a little bit. And they <laughs> no, he does. He does, does the third not. cheek kiss. <laughs> Let me have my movie, damn it. <laughs> Avenger then threatens him because he says, if you fail, you're going to be falling a long way. Yeah. Back. Oh, yeah. So, and that's, that's where I'm confused because this movie definitely seems to be very strong propaganda to make FIFA look like Jesus. But at the same time, is it trying to cast shade on Avalanche? It seems to make him the villain, wouldn't you say? Like, so he, he, from what I gather, from what the movie is telling us, that he put all the bullshit in motion that Bladder gets accused of later. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's basically what the movie is trying to say. 
is that all of this shady stuff is going on. All the needing money. Yeah, they need money. The money's gone somewhere. Nobody knows what's happened to it. Mm -hmm. Bladder's the one who's trying to not only fix the problem, but uh, Havalanche is is basically framing him. Yes. Is like, look, all of this, because because what follows is they go to a press meeting and then he lets Bladder take the seat yep. and answer the questions. And two questions into the interview, Havalanche gets up and gets the fuck out. Yep. Because, yeah, because the press there, is asking him all these hard questions. There was a there was a, a World Cup between West Germany and Austria. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and, and what ha- sorry, and what happened is apparently West Germany and Austria um fixed it for Algeria not to make it into the to, world yeah they Cup. fixed the game so that yeah and there was some red so card called would, and some high kicked a guy in the head yeah they, oh, and, and that they showed wasn't the called. footage that, and that yeah. was not called it and wasn't Jesus. called so there was this huge scandal in madrid and so Havalange is like i'm out <laughs> yeah. and so he lets bladder take the fall and further fifa's being accused of not needing the money that they've been saying they need exactly yeah yeah so we have another montage. Right. So then we just go on and continue to play soccer. Yeah. yeah. And have a montage. <laughs> right. It's a soccer montage. <laughs> so yeah. So so corruption, uh, partying, all this bullshit, and there are no consequences. And, and nothing really happens in this montage at all. Nothing. This is the part where I wrote down, audience, refill your popcorn and drinks. Yeah. Because it's just... Okay, we're playing soccer some more, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to 1994, and Havager confides in Bladder that he wants him officially to take his place. And then we get more stock footage right. of the soccer games because we have. This and, and but this is the, the think about how long it's been since Havalange said you're going to eventually be president. So 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So 1994. We cut forward to 1998, and now Bladder is the acting president. We don't get any kind of – we don't get any moment where we see him voted in. Mm-mm. So begs the question, was he voted in, or was it just at a point where he just said, hey, this guy's in now? Because from the very get-go, we don't get the impression that the rest of FIFA is on board with Bladder. Right. I, yeah, I, I think it's a scenario where Haviland stepped down and Bladder became acting president but wasn't officially voted in until later. So Bladder now president, public, he's openly accusing at these meetings FIFA members of misconduct and corruption. <laughs> and naturally, they're not too happy about that. Right. right. Even though fingers aren't being pointed in specific directions, he's saying, guys, this shit has to stop. Again, it's And it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to paint this guy to be, you know, the moral center of all of this. We We get this weird, I mean, this had no purpose. 2001, we get this, like, New Year's Eve shot where is that his trophy wife or his granddaughter or his daughter like this very young attractive woman is just suddenly with him and he has a kid oh, we, don't I don't know. Know. we don't know who this is what her involvement right. is with him she is her she is his daughter that's his daughter okay. yeah because during all the scandal and everything uh, she was by his side defending him all the way to the end. She again, and this is a reflection it's sort of, of like Rame. Poetry, yeah, ex- indeed. <laughs> but it, it's a reflection of what happened with Rame. Bladder's daughter, his family stayed with him the whole time, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's his daughter. So 2002, some of his sponsors are threatening to leave, and Japan is now refusing to host 
the next World Cup because of, again, all of the nonsense going around. There's a slanderous book that's been published. By Edgar Wilcox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He He's a, a journalist. Yeah. Yes. Bladder is further accused of misappropriation of funds by some of the organization because they're saying to him, you know, hey, we actually had ample funds. What the fuck have you been up to, buddy? Mm-hmm. So, again, we aren't we aren't seeing any evidence provided by the movie to show us that this holds any legitimacy. It's just we're being told by these accusers that that's what we need to be believing. They believe, and and the impression that I got because he comes back into play is that Havilland was behind whatever was going on. Bladder covered it up. That's why he kept his position. You never find anything out. Right. No, we don't. But that's, I, I, it just, that's how it started coming across to me. Yeah. Yes. Because then Havilange, who is already out and has been gone for a while, comes back in and agrees to help him get officially elected as president. Because he gives yes. him the advice. He says, like, here, here are so many people that you need that are currently undecided. Let's yeah. Swing them your way. But and it, so it, it, it's purely a political process now. It, it just it, it baffles me because again, if this movie is trying to cast any negative light on Havilland himself, why is it that we never learn anything conclusive as to what he was up to? Again, looking at the movie's logic, saying that he was up to something, and you're looking at a movie that starts the movie off by saying artistic license was taken, liberties were taken with the movie. But it's a love right. letter to FIFA, so they're not gonna color themselves poorly. Sure, but again, if they're addressing in their own way, an elephant in the room that there was corruption involved at some point, and they're blaming it on the predecessor. Right. Why didn't the they make him the actual fall guy and would, show why? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. something to hint towards anything. But no, right. it's just they gloss over it. may have done something, but we're not going to actually tell you about it because we're FIFA. We're Jesus. Right. <laughs> because Bladder is the one who was covering for him and was the acting president at the time this movie was made. Well, right. Yeah. So... Bladder is now being pressed to resign for his quote-unquote incorruptibility, at least as the movie's putting to us. So FIFA finally votes. We get this really creepy music as he enters the room and they're waiting for the final results to be called out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is this supposed to be suspense music? Because it sounds like Jason's going to pop out of the crowd and start stabbing people. Yeah, is he walking to a firing line? What's happening? That would be interesting. If he loses the vote, do they crucify him? What? He set him on fire. It doesn't happen because it turns out Bladder is reelected. The advice he got from Avalanche pays off. So then we cut back to this kid's game after this victorious moment in FIFA history. We get this voiceover monologue from Carl. I guess it was him. Yeah. As this girl goalie who we've kind of gotten some shots of earlier who is kind of not doing so well in this particular game. Right. She gets the ball. People like are you know, indicating, hey, throw it to me, throw it to me. She decides, fuck it, Leroy Jenkins. She Leroy she Jenkins the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, and it was awesome. It was. And, and then she scores the, I guess, the winning goal. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, then, she yeah. drives it all the way down to the other side and, and scores. And they hoist her up under their shoulders. And- we cut to 2004. Yeah. Where well, yeah, they show. Like this epilogue. Yeah. They show that South Africa is announced for the next World Cup in 2010. 2010. Yeah. yeah. So meaning that since they had finally dealt with the apartheid and all that stuff, they're finally welcome into the fold. That's right. Yet ultimately creating the the worst event ever known to man. Well. The right. Vuvuzela. Right. Oh, my God. You, you right. do get a shot here of uh, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Yeah, so it's intercut actual footage 
of the announcement ceremony with Tim Roth sort of digitally added. Yeah. And I wrote down here, my la- very last note was, Nelson Mandela better be a diva's hobo. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been. There was another really, oh, shoot, I can't remember his name. Uh, another very famous, wonderful African, and I can't remember his name right now. He was in it too. Mm-hmm. He was the ambassador, um, right? Okay. No, 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 no. In that footage at the uh, end, I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, but Nelson Mandela was not my hobo. Well, but he should it. have been. He didn't have any lines. Yeah, he didn't have any lines, so he couldn't have been my hobo. Well, that's it for the movie. So let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break and be right back with some trivia. All right, we are back. So let's talk numbers. <gasps> oh, my God. So... From what I saw, it had a $25 million budget, and it made $607 U.S. the first weekend. And then I found that in Arizona on its first night, it in one theater, it made $9, which means one person, one person bought one ticket. In the entire state of Arizona. Yeah. Additionally, 85% of this movie was funded by FIFA. No so. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Tim, so Tim if you Roth, want to know where all the money folks went, yeah, or went, went, folks, there you go. There it is. Tim Roth has said publicly that he only did this movie for the money. Currently has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. and Deserved. It mm-hmm. is the only film on our list with a Metacritic score of one. Wow. wow. It has won one Razzie. For the Barry L. Bumstead Award, I don't know what that is either. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no idea. Well, young lady, the natives of Africa are stupid and undisciplined. It's just their nature. How could they possibly be expected to appreciate the subtleties of the ah. game invented by the whack? Right. All right, moving along to best line, worst line. Any of the dialogue spoken by uh, Carl... I, I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Fisher Stevens was lovely in this. He really was. Uh, and, well, I mean, even that, that closing thing that he mm-hmm. says, you know, when he talks about who, you know, if we had known a 100 years ago that every nation in the world would be involved and that that even women, that if we had known that women would be involved and the stands would be absolutely packed. Yeah. You know, he's like, if we had only known then what we know now, you know, yeah. I was like, that's a nice yeah. sentiment. You Everything know. Carl said. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, in the context of um, this line, so Annette and her dad are on a, a ship on their way to um, Uruguay, and um, he's he's worried, he's concerned about how it's going to go. And he's talking about his dreams and um, about them being inappropriate. And she says, when have dreams ever been appropriate? And in that context, to me, shut up, Jack. <laughs> God damn it. It's corny and sentimental and I don't care because it speaks to anybody who's ever had a dream or artists in particular too. It's like, well, you got to go bold, go big or go home. So in that moment, for me, that was the best line. My best line was when they're in the stadium with the artist and he says, noble, noble, I got work. I like that. I like that. So for me, I, I wrote down a lot of lines that were really bad. Right at the beginning, when they're talking to the British dick, uh, they're trying to get his attention, get him to talk, and he's they're going down to the field to yell at the team. He says, there are things much more important than life and death. There's football. 
no. Uh, just knowing that everything that happened uh, subsequent to the film, when Seth Blatter came in and told everyone to cut out the corruption and the extortion and then said, we're playing by my rules now, which ended up being corruption and extortion, right. uh, <laughs> just go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> my worst line was, I mean, it's, again, pretty self-explanatory. It's when we first meet Jules Rimet and... We get a scene where he's walking out of that press conference, and one of the guys turns to his buddy and says, says, who's that? And his friend says, Jules Ramey! He's the president of some federation that nobody even knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Winner. Just bad exposition. Yep. What do you guys have for our drinking game today? Uh, Well, you know, every time we cut to the present... With the kids on the football field, on the soccer field. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I would say that. Uh, that's good. Um, bad accent. Oh my God. Every time Sam Neill's on, on screen. Yeah. Cause Tim Ross accent's really good. Every time there's blatant racism. Oh yeah. Every time a date is shown or set. Oh God, you'd be dead. Oh, <laughs> you'd be alcohol poisoning, everybody. <laughs> I don't understand the problem in that. In this case. <laughs> Truth. So what did they do right? Well, I think we've said this. this Everything except the script. Yeah. Basic. I mean, it's a beautifully shot film. The costumes are amazing. The set locations. The sets are amazing. They Uh, are actually in the places they say they are. I mean, they are in Zurich. Yeah. When they say they are. They, they are, filmed on location. They, yeah. they And even wide shots, when they would pull back, they it, it were digitally altered to look like that play, like Paris in 1920. Right. To look like. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything. The production value of this movie is truly incredible. It is. It's a beautifully, it looks beautiful. Some of the acting is really, really good. Um, the, yeah, the I mean, acting for the most part was good across yeah. the board. So this is not, I mean, it's just boring. I mean, and Tim propaganda. Roth admitted he only did it for the money, but, but he, he didn't phone acting. it in. He didn't phone it in. So, I mean, they did a lot right, but unfortunately they fucked it up. The screenplay was just It's terrible. Horrible. Horrible. And I guess yeah. to, to it begs the question: Is the screenplay conceivably the only reason this is on? This is this far down on the list because let's be honest. Like I, I've seen reviews be- of this movie. People call this one of the, if not the worst movie they've ever seen. Now, granted, they don't have our jobs, so right. their, their context right. is a little bit different. Their scale. But what about this movie make would make someone say this is the worst movie I have ever? Because seen? it's not about it's it's called United Passions, which which implies it's going to be about. This is the reason why we love this game so much. And this is what brings us together. This is the thing we can use to bring the world together as one people and unite us all together instead of tear us apart. Right. And instead, it's, it's, it's a fucking jack off to all of the rich white men who are in charge of FIFA. Yeah. That's all it is. It, and that's what, I mean, and especially for people who are fans of soccer. I would find this highly offensive. Yeah. Right? I, because it's really not about the game, except mm-hmm. for those interstitial 
cuts to the kids playing soccer. Which are few and far between. Right. And the, and the scenes of the Brazil Uruguay game. Those are, those are the times when, when this movie is talking about what it's supposed to be talking about. Otherwise, it's, it's propaganda and nobody likes that. Exactly. It's propaganda. It's a propaganda film through and through. Yeah. That's all it is. That's that's what makes it bad. So what kind of grade are we giving this propaganda film, Zip? On the flaming cinematic turd meter. Oh God, I don't know. I, it's, uh, did you say FIFA somewhere in there? <laughs> <He did>. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, damn it! See, that was the thing is that I was not remind. That's what that's what got me in that last scene when it when it when it yeah when they were showing the, the hey South Africa. Right. It gets the 2010. I had completely forgotten it. I had put it out of my mind. Didn't even think about it until the uh, the people in the audience stood up and started yelling and cheering. And then I heard the sound. And then it cut to that group standing out there, and one of them was blowing a vuvuzela. And I'm like, no, that's right. That was where those things came into existence. God damn it. And, like, it set me off again. If you, Just that one last shot. I'm like, God, now you've pissed me off all over again. I, I don't know. This is a hard one to score for me. Because it's... Do you judge it by its context or by the film itself? Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's, it's uh, I mean, that's why I don't, I'm glad I don't yeah, because that. if you, I mean, if you look at it in the context of of what was to follow, then it was like, oh god, no, this was meant to be a look how great we are before the shit hit the fan. Didn't work. Uh, yeah, it, it just like it was a well made movie. It's just it was a bad subject matter. <laughs> And the dialogue didn't do much to help it. Uh, I, uh, I'm just going middle of the road on this one, three. And that is it for this episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time, Oogie Love. <laughs> Why can't you get through it? <laughs> what do you say it? I can't. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. What is it? Oogie Loves, The Big Balloon Adventure. No, it's Oogie Loves and The Big Balloon Adventure, you oh. fucking cuck. <laughs> that's the one. That's that's what you're going to put in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you have to be so mean about it, but okay. <laughs> What's happening to my family? <laughs>